Hello, Wildlands, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Shania, and I'm here to create a space to for people to share their stories, read some love, and maybe even get a song stuck in your head. Today, I get to talk to my friend Eva about something that I'm not so great with, and all relationships need them, and that is boundaries. As McKenna says, a bountiful life is a boundary life, so I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Today, I have my friend Eva with me. I also met Eva through Bible study. I've had a few girls from Bible study on here, but it's just filled with so many great girls that couldn't resist being to share. Um, we've known each other for when did you join group? Did you join in like, did you join? Did you join right before COVID or right when COVID hit? beginning of June yes because it was right after yeah break up and then I joined like a couple days after yeah yeah I remember I remember you coming and being like this just happened and we were all like what (laughs) yeah um and oh I I wouldn't say one thing about Eva and then I'll let her introduce herself she can freaking surf like no other and she was my very first friend in San Diego to ask me to hang out. The first person besides McKenna that I hung out with in San Diego was her. And I went to the beach and I got to see her surf. And I was like, I want to surf. <laughs> I'm going to do this. So that's, that's my one thing. But I'll let you introduce yourself now. Well, I, before I introduce myself, I want to say that day at the beach was so much fun. I it had was. such a good time. I may have gotten a little sunburned, but <laughs> so, my name's Eva, as Shania said, and I hail from the great town of Encinitas, California. Woohoo! Um, very makes very much makes sense with like all the surfing and stuff that I like to do. Uh, fun fact about me is that I'm a zookeeper. I, so I work at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park, and I run around with animals all day, and I do crazy things, and I'm kind of like a cowboy a little bit. So <laughs> super ridiculous, fun, hilarious, crazy stories. Yeah, it's so cool that you're a zookeeper. <laughs> I think it's like one of the funnest facts. I feel like it's not unlike what you do. You know, because if you're running around <laughs> kids, I'm sure things get crazy there too. Yeah, yeah. Zoo animals might be easier sometimes because they can't talk back. <laughs> That's true. Plus, they can charge you with their big long coat Yeah, maybe maybe I'm thankful for that. Yeah, they're much. My tiny humans are much smaller than me, so. <laughs> um. Well, I asked Eva to come on, and I asked her what she wanted to talk about and she actually gave me a list of a lot of good things so be expecting to hear more from her but today I have asked her to come on and talk about boundaries and uh, I know boundaries isn't something I'm good at so I feel like I need this just as much as anyone that could be 
um, listening. So I will let you just like, why do we need boundaries? Like, let's just start there. That is such an amazing question. And I think that's something that is so frequently overlooked in, in the reason of like, why do we need boundaries? What's, what's the whole point? So for someone like you and I, we are Christians and Jesus makes it very clear. Like, we have two responsibilities. We are to love God and we are to love others. And to effectively love others, we have to have some sort of expectation about these relationships. Because if you put two imperfect people, which all that's what all people are, that is a uniting factor amongst us, is that we are all broken, fundamentally broken. And so when you put two broken people together in, in whatever kind of relationship, whether that's a friendship, parent, child, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, acquaintance, acquaintance, however that may be, there needs to be some sort of expectation about what that could look like. And the best way to have the expectation be clear is through boundaries. So boundaries can look different. Boundaries should look different in every relationship. And it's a skill, which means that the more you practice boundaries, the better you get at setting them and following through with them. Mm -hmm. So how like how did you go about then like setting up setting up boundaries in your relationships like is there like steps that you took or like how did you do that yeah so i have a very analytical mind analytical mind excuse me i'm a scientist and so i like things to be kind of like proceed along a linear path which that's not always the case in life actually that is frequently mm-hmm. not the case in life and <laughs> made like a little step flow chart for myself about a year ago maybe if we're up and around COVID was starting and, and things were starting to change with my friendships a lot of my friends got married and and um, you know relationships were changing and none of those things are bad those are actually all really good things but I found myself being in this place of like whoa I like why am I not happy like I'm not loving these people well and so I sort of created this flow chart, I guess, like a step system of how mm-hmm. I go about setting my boundaries. So the first layer is kind of like an onion or like an egg, you know, <laughs> kind of layer after layer, or what are those things called, those Russian dolls? Where oh, you, yeah, the Russian dolls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> to me, setting boundaries, like it's not just an easy fix-all. You kind of have to dig deep, and it can be painful because you're going to dig deep into your emotions and into your processes. Like how you process them. Mm-hmm. So the first layer that I do, and this is actually something that's really easy to practice, is just knowing your emotions, where your emotions come from, and there's some degree of social awareness in regard to your emotional response in a situation. And this is collectively referred to as emotional intelligence. Like if, if anybody ever reads you ever read like a psychology paper or whatever or are interested in the psych world you'll hear it's kind of like this hot topic now like emotional intelligence what does that mean mm-hmm. but yeah it's just knowing your emotions and where they come from and you and this is where the practice part comes in that's really good you can practice with positive and negative emotions it's so much easier to practice with positive emotions so yeah like in the mornings i wake up at 5 15 a.m which is stupid early, and I get ready to go to work. And when I'm in the car, on the way to work, I feel happy. 
Like, I consistently feel happy, even though it's so early. And I think about why I feel happy. I feel happy because I'm fortunate enough to have a job during this time. I feel happy because it's not pouring rain and the weather's mm-hmm. fine. And it's not, you know, negative 20 degrees. And I feel happy because I woke up healthy and my family woke up healthy or this, that, and the other. And so I need to trace my emotional response back to events. And mm-hmm. like we are, that's something that we all respond to. That's what, part of what unites us as humans. We respond to events, we respond to stimuli. Yeah. Emotions. So Shania, I'm curious, what is a positive emotion that you feel just, and it could be something simple, like contentment, happiness, joy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And where do you, like in a situation, where do you think that comes from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's funny that you asked that because this week alone, I have had two different people who like aren't people that are in my like inner circle, people that I haven't talked to in a while, like years, like both, like two different people message me on Instagram and say, you look really happy. And I would, I know. So like, I, and that had like, I, I feel like for me personally today, like I was kind of like riding on that of like thinking back of like, I am really happy. Like I, I live in Southern California. Like this is a beautiful, it's a beautiful state. The weather's amazing. Like I love my job. Like I love my job. Like I love it so much. So like my days, like, like getting up and like going like is not always the easiest thing but like I know that like when I get there I'm gonna be very happy and like I get to be around people all day that I love like and it's it's I was just like today like I was just talking about this I was like walking with Brayden he was in the stroller and I was walking with him and I was just like the grass feels greener the sky feels bluer like I was just so happy today. And I think it's just because like people are recognizing like when you are like, like I've gotten myself to this like healthy place and like, I am really happy and I am doing things I love. I'm like chasing dreams and like I've gotten myself here and people are recognizing that. And it like feels good. Like the work that I'm doing is good. And like, it was just, it was a great day today. And you touched on something really important that is so foundational and core to our beliefs as Christians, and that's gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're you're thankful because you love what you do, and it like that makes you happy. And I'm the same way. Like I love what I do. I love mm-hmm. chasing around crazy <laughs> creatures. All um, mm-hmm. And that's that is something that is super key to recognizing your emotions and where they come from and having this foundation of gratitude so that, that and that's really and I'll, I'll explain a little bit as we proceed through the layers of our metaphorical onion like how these emotions and gratitude specifically create the boundaries mm-hmm. so if you're comfortable i would like to practice with a negative emotion and i'll go ooh. And okay ooh, kind of hard <laughs> kind of weird so I mentioned earlier that a lot of my friends are getting married and I like that is such a joyous event 
like marriage like these are some of my best friends and they're all marrying each other and it I found myself being in this situation where I was like not that I wasn't happy for them I was very very excited for them but I I didn't feel that like I was fully on I'm not fully even on board but I just wasn't as happy as I I felt like I was faking it a little bit if I was being part mm-hmm. of it and I sort of was like you know fake it till you make it and but in reality like I had to trace through these negative emotions of like honestly I was hiding I was I wasn't being truthful and I wasn't being forthcoming and like that's a negative thing for me mm-hmm. and so when I traced that specific negative emotion back I realized it was because I was scared of my friendships with these people changing and changing mm-hmm. that I would lose them or changing that it would shift in some way that would no longer be sustainable and I mm-hmm. fear and so the root of that specific negative emotion of not feeling completely stoked for all my friends incredibly great events stemmed from fear Mm-hmm. And I, but like that took me months to realize. So I just summed it up in, you know, a minute or whatever. Um, yeah. It took me months to realize. So this is something that can be practiced, of course, but like you have to repeatedly practice because I ruminated on this concept, like I said, for months. And it wasn't until I kind of had this breakthrough moment of like, oh my gosh, that's fear. Like it's fear that is at the root of this negative emotion that I'm experiencing. Can you think? Yeah of an example that you would want to share yeah for sure I think recently I've been feeling really sad also along with my happy of like um for McKenna so as you don't know McKenna's engaged and getting married very soon and I'm super excited for her to get married I'm super excited for that part of her life but I'm really sad that like she's not going to be my roommate anymore <laughs> like <laughs> like it it makes me very sad when I think about it and I was like okay why am I so sad besides the fact that like I just love living with her it's like I have had past friendships drop off after they have gotten married like similar to like what you were feeling and I know that that's not going to be like mine and McKenna's friendship, but I do know that like there is going to be a difference. Like I, I'm not going to see her every single day. Like I'm not going to do like the small things that you do when you live with a person. And like, that is sad. It is sad that things have to change, but like, it's also good. So like, I like trying not to project other past things onto a current situation right right and that's important but also like marriage engagement is a time of transition not just for the couple but for the bride and groom and their respective lives prior to coming together as one body and I think that part especially what I've noticed like that part of the transition doesn't seem to be fully <laughs> anymore. Like, like historically, yeah. historically, or not even just, you don't even have to look that far back. Look back to like 2019 before there was a worldwide global pandemic when, you know, bridal showers were a big thing. Bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, you know, this, that, like there were celebrations. And so it's almost like the friends had an opportunity to process this thing, that this change, this inevitable change that was happening, but then embrace the joy that, that's coming along with it. 
And over time, as we've seen, you know, like marriage in the United States decrease, and obviously with a global pandemic, we are very restricted, and for good reason, like very restricted from many activities um, and large parties and, you know, celebrations and stuff. And so it makes this transition even weirder for us. But, but then it's also, I struggle with these feelings of guilt of like, well, it's not about me. It's about the bride. And yeah. Me. But it's like, yes, but it's okay to feel the things that you're feeling. And that's another important point is when we're talking about emotional intelligence is that you need to own what you're feeling. I needed to own what I was feeling. I, instead of just kind of being like, it's not about me. I'll just do it for them, whatever. I was shoving things under the rug and that only grew and kind of manifested itself into resentment and that like yeah. resentment is ugly resentment is so like not attractive like if we want 2021 to be you know like hot girl year we're gonna be our best selves <laughs> resentment yeah look for that you know yeah <laughs> someone entering the closet yeah it's mckenna is coming in <laughs> she just asked if someone's entering the closet <laughs> She needed to get a swimsuit. She's going to go sit in the hot tub. <laughs> California, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you scared me. February and she's going in the hot tub. Heck yeah. Get away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways, back to where we were. <laughs> so, basically, my whole point is it's important to practice with positive and negative emotions. And obviously, like, negative emotions can be a lot more painful to deal with. And mm-hmm. so be, like, be kind to yourself, give yourself patience, own what you're feeling. Don't try to just deny or minimize or be like, you know, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, the fact of the matter is you are. And I, and I, you know, I had to, I had to get really good at that. And a lot of that was admitting, you know, my own faults and my own shortcomings was incredibly humbling. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of the first layer. So then now if we proceed to the next layer of our metaphorical onion, if this, this is kind of like a big jump. It's determining which boundaries are right for which relationship. Mm-hmm. Which is hard. And it takes trial and error. Or at least that's what I've experienced. So if anybody has a better way, I would love to hear it. <laughs> so, yeah. Kind of running with the marriage example. Like many of my best friends are marrying each other. And I'm like, yay, good for them. But also like things are going to change and it's not going to be the same. And that's something that was important to recognize. The boundary there is like, it's not going to be the same. Denying mm-hmm. that is not going to make this any easier. In fact, it's probably going to cause a lot of pain and resentment on all sides. But once again, mm-hmm. is that really not a good book? <laughs> <laughs> so, I can give another example too of maybe more serious, I guess, emotion or a more serious boundary that I have to put in place. There, I'm in contact with some people that, like, I'm close to some people that are alcoholics, and it's it's incredibly painful, like, experiencing, watching them go through what they go through, because I love them so much, and I learned that oftentimes I would get these drunk phone calls, and the content of the drunk phone calls, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, in college and you're like, I'm drunk, I'm going to call my ex, haha, or like, whatever. We're yeah. Talking, like, actual, you know, alcoholism and, and like, that sort of 
those sort of phone calls. So like not not the like funny ones that you get when you're 21 and whatever. Yeah. So a boundary that I had to put in place was that every time I got a phone call and it was dark outside from this person, I wasn't going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I wasn't going to listen to the voicemail. I was just going to delete it. I would only talk to this person and only hear from them during daylight hours. And that was a boundary that I needed to set because I ended up being so upset at these people. And I realized, once again, if the goal is to love God and love others, I ultimately wasn't loving others. I wasn't loving them well. Um, and so I had to put up this boundary of like, okay, I'm not going into my phone. Mm-hmm. And maybe, so boundaries, there's, there's communication boundaries. There's obviously physical boundaries too. Um, maybe a physical boundary could look like not seeing this a person every day or once a week or whatever that may be, maybe decreasing that amount. Or mm-hmm. conversely, if you really want to build a relationship with someone, maybe that looks like seeing them more often. Mm-hmm. So putting up boundaries doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem. Like It, it can be for the benefit of, I mean, it should be for the benefit of both parties. So which boundaries are right for which relationship looks different because not not any two people are the same. Like we're all created uniquely and so each boundary can be different. But there are, there are, I guess, categories. So I'm curious, can you think of, of a time where you've had to put boundaries up in a relationship? And what do those boundaries specifically look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can think back on, like, some past friendships of, like, it got to a point where, like, I I had to put up a boundary of, like, okay, I'm not going to be the first person to reach out. Like, I'm going to, like, like just, I'm not going to be the first. If they reach out to me, great. We can talk. We can, like, whatever. But because I fell into this cycle of like just always being the one reaching out and then being hurt when like it wasn't reciprocated so I know that I've had to do that and be like okay I I won't I won't text them first and um you know like I'll wait but then of course like after that it's not like oh I always wait for them to text me first it's like you know if they reach out to me and we talk on a Monday like it's okay for me on a Thursday to like check in like but, like, just always being the one to constantly reach out first, being upset when I, I didn't feel like they cared about me to check in and just ended up being really hurtful. So I was like, okay, I need to change this. I've experienced that exact situation multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard because my, and I think you're the same way too, like my my the way that my mind goes is like what's wrong with me why am I not enough what you know what is lacking in me that this person doesn't you know text me buzzfeed quizzes as frequently as I do I'm just getting it up to yeah um but in reality it's like well no they're just experiencing like the joys of marriage and I'm like I'm not on their minds (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably should be and so sometimes setting those boundaries can just be as simple as like adjusting your expectations mm-hmm. and realizing expecting okay we're not going to talk her today we're not going to you know um yeah 
I think I have another one that I just thought of of like there was someone that I was friends with and then we weren't friends anymore but they were still friends with people that I was friends with so I had to unfollow them on Instagram because it just became hurtful when I saw them to continue to be friends with people but not continue a friendship with me because I got into my head of like why wasn't I good enough to stay their friend like why wasn't I good enough to like work things out and remain friends and whatever so I had to unfollow so that it wasn't something that I was seeing and like since doing that like I like I don't see anything so like I'm not I'm not having those thoughts or like those negative feelings towards them as I was when I could see it um, on my Instagram all the time. And having a neutral thought towards someone is better than having a negative thought towards someone. Yeah. In my opinion. Like if I'm going to sit here and think something bad about someone because social media, like super cool. What an interesting thing social media is you know we got to connect with people and see beautiful things but also like it's so like there's such a fine line between enjoyment and poison that I found that that was really potent after the breakup is I realized I'm like I don't want to see anything from my ex not because I wish him any ill will like I certainly don't wish him any ill will but I like that door is so closed and so looking at whatever he posts or looking at my friends that do like his pictures is only gonna hurt me and I can't it's once again if my goal is still to like love others well and I like I can't love my ex well if mm. if I'm seeing these things because it, it like manifests jealousy in me and, and makes me angry and just and so I'm like no I'm I'm creating the boundary there I'm unfollowing or blocking or whatever that needs to be and as a result, like, I haven't really, like, I haven't, honestly, like, I really haven't thought about my ex, like, who, or anything. Yeah. But, like, I don't think yeah. I have Like, an out of sight, out of mind type of right. thing of, like. And that's important, because, like, we are visual creatures, and social media is tailored to our vision. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, that, that, I'm really glad that you brought up social media, because I think people don't realize, that, like, that is that in itself can be used as a boundary like yeah spend less time on social media i guarantee you like spend, <laughs> you spend half an hour less a day on social media and do something else like go for a walk pray more this that or the other i think that is, i can guarantee you that it's going to be more life-filling than yeah with the gram or tiktok or if you still use facebook facebook <laughs> that's i can guarantee you that's going to be better and healthier for you so, okay, are you ready to go to the next layer? I'm ready. Let's go. Layer three, and this is something that I did struggle with, which is why I created, I dedicated a whole layer to this. <laughs> because once I set these boundaries, I felt so guilty. Because yeah. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm creating, I'm putting up these divides. And that's not, you know, like what Christ wants us to do. And, you know, I'm, everybody, it should just be a free for all. Like I'm creating, you know, I'm putting up walls or whatever. And so I found myself feeling very guilty and, 
and I had to defeat guilt. And the only way that I found myself defeating this guilt was having patience. And mm-hmm. once I implemented those boundaries, giving them time to work. Because mm-hmm. once you once you put something in and you've done all the emotional processing and you're like, heck yeah, you know, I know where my thoughts and feelings come from. I know that this is something that will, that will be good. You have to put that to the test. Yeah. And that's hard. That's so yeah. hard. So many times with, with like the texting situation or checking in on someone, I wanted to text them first and I had to be like, no. I'm holding myself back because I know that when I don't get a response or when I get a response two weeks later, I'm going to be sad. And the solution needs to be that I'm going to hold off or decrease the amount of time that I'm texting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like, the guilt thing of, like, I don't feel like I'm being a good friend because I didn't. I didn't reach out like I like I always do and yeah getting past that is it was definitely really hard <laughs> yeah and so something that I realized is that I'm being like I thought I was being a good friend or did I I guess uh, let me just rephrase did I think I was being a good friend to them by holding resentment in my heart against them mm-hmm. and the clear answer when you put it like that is no like clearly yeah and so if I can have some sort of boundary up and not feel those those things and you know genuinely wish positive things or um be filled with joy you know every time I do talk to someone instead of being annoyed at like why why aren't we talking more that only came with time and with patience and Mm -hmm. reflection so it's a continuum. It's a process. Like it, it never, mm-hmm. it never stops. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you feel that you struggle with patience? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I would say I'm not a very patient person. Um, it's hard, especially like with myself. I think is like the person that I have the least amount of patience for. Of like. Why don't you understand this yet? Or, like, why don't, like, why are you still, like, upset about this one thing? Like, you should be able to move past it. Like, I think for me, it's it's definitely, definitely difficult. (laughs) But your answer totally makes sense because we live in a society that is so focused on productivity. Mm -hmm. And the like product and don't get me wrong, productivity is incredibly important, but productivity is looking at a certain way of accomplishing this, that, the other mm-hmm. thing. Versus sometimes productivity means sitting and being uncomfortable in your feelings and uncomfortable in your thoughts. Because what you're accomplishing there yeah. is emotional intelligence. But that can also just mean sitting silently, which if some an outsider's looking at you, it doesn't look like you're, you know, tangibly accomplishing something. So yeah. I struggled with patience with myself. Once I once I put these boundaries in, I, I found myself being like, why why do I still feel resentment towards these people? Mm-hmm. Or feel sad or not feel not like I'm enough towards these people. And it's because like I didn't allow myself enough time for the boundaries to actually work. Like when you take any, yeah. any medicine, like you have to give your body time. Like it doesn't 
the ibuprofen doesn't work the second you swallow a pill. It takes 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> so you have yeah. to give yourself patience and be gentle with yourself in that. And yeah. is something that I really had to learn. And it's hard because our society, like, that's so counter to what we experience day to day. Yeah, for sure. Those are, that's my onion. I guess they were really Sweet only onion. half layers, but that's my onion. That's awesome. So when when do you think you like finally got a grasp on like okay, like I understand boundaries and I understand the importance and like that I need to practice them? That's a good question. I don't know if I ever feel that I have like a solid grasp on them. Um mm-hmm there's always so much to learn every relationship is so different but I think I really I really learned it when I went to college when I was 18 and I was making new friends and friends from high school were changing and a lot of my relatives had unfortunately passed away that year or were diagnosed with some illnesses and there were, you know family problems and this that and the other a lot happened in my 18th year of life and so that was kind of the catalyst of of me realizing that relationships there could benefit from some sort of expectation and structure. And I really think as terrible as COVID has been, I have had a lot of time to think through and process many emotions that mm-hmm. if I were you know, living my normal day-to-day super busy life, I don't think I would have allowed myself the space to do that. So I think that yeah. I, this kind of big increase in emotional intelligence when I was 18 and again pretty recently within within the past year for sure so yeah. I seems like super expert here I still have a lot to learn too yeah yeah and I I know that like when I first like when boundaries like the talk of boundaries come up, I think people often think of it in a negative sense of like, oh, there's something wrong with this relationship. That's why I need a boundary. But actually, you need boundaries in all relationships. Like it doesn't have to be a bad relationship to have boundaries. Like everything in your life needs boundaries. And um, actually, Benji had like a really good sermon on this of like (laughs) talking about it and he was like you once you understand that you have a limit like like that is when you're gonna start like living like you can't do it all you can't be it all like God has given you so much that you are capable of doing and he will take care of the rest of it like I was like thinking of like like boundaries like I I can't do it all I can't be it all for everyone I can't like think of myself as this like I I need to do it all for everyone and get it right and um when I when I start putting up boundaries and like just like with myself even of like you know like no I I am like on this day gonna take a day of rest like I I was like oh like this is this is actually a good thing (laughs) like these aren't bad things and like bad things don't have to happen for boundaries to come up I was like a good like switch in my brain (laughs) yes and you touched on something also important self-boundaries self-care like that sounds like another like hot topic word you know buzzword going around self-care 
and mm-hmm. like that isn't that is important too like it is mm-hmm. important to take care of yourself and to listen to your limits as pastor becky had said in that sermon i remember that sermon i was sitting there like what this is the first time i've ever actually heard limits be talked about in a positive light every so yeah before it's you know like defeat your limit and <laughs> persevere and yeah there is some truth to that as well but there's mm-hmm. also like balance is equally as important and it's not it was not talked about in a positive way or at least i had not heard about it prior to that sermon and i was like oh my gosh yeah it was so good it actually helped me start the podcast like I felt like I had to have it all figured out. I had to have it all mapped out before I even started it. And, like, after that, like, during that sermon, I just felt God being like, I'm just asking you to start. Like, I'm not asking you to do anything else. Like, you don't have to figure it out. Just start. And I was like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, like, yeah, that's really important. I think the only relationship that doesn't, need a boundary in the sense of yeah I think the only relationship that doesn't need a boundary is like our relationship with God because he is perfect and we are mm-hmm. not and so it's, it's like that's so good like, you, like the good news with our faith is like we can go to him whenever he already knows our hearts but he wants yeah. to hear it from us too so that like that relationship if, if maybe like you feel the pressure of like I have in the past and you know, like, I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling with this relationship, and I don't know what this is going to look like, you know, whatever, anxiety, um, mm-hmm. the good news is, like, that's not how it is with God, and that's not how it is with our Lord, and mm-hmm. that's good, but also, like, Jesus did take time to rest, like, he yeah, Jesus to- had boundaries, he had boundaries, <laughs> yes, yes, like, Jesus, yes, Jesus had boundaries with his disciples, like, for sure had boundaries with his disciples. Like, he's like, leave me alone sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The idea that boundaries need to happen between broken people and only imperfect relationships is also false because, like, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Take, for example, like, a parent-child relationship. Those can be super complicated when we're in, I mean, we're in our, like, early to mid-20s. And yeah or in our early to mid 20s so and that's like a really weird time like it's, it's a really weird like this like post- so weird it is so <laughs> weird and and i remember when i moved home from college i was like what the heck did i walk into like i'm not 16 but i'm acting like i'm 16 and i'm being treated like i'm 16 and i don't know like who started it like if i started acting like i was 16 so that's why they're treating me like it or if they treated me like it's so not fine like i don't know it was really weird and so mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to, but like, I love my parents so much. I have such a close relationship with them. They're like my two closest humans. And so I found myself being like, what the heck? Like what, why, when did I start meeting boundaries with my own parents? Like with the one who gave birth to me and like the people that raised me, what the heck? And, but, but also like since implementing those boundaries, it's just been so much better. It's been so mm-hmm. much more personal. And, and that was already a good relationship to begin with, but it's just got better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the weirdest thing being this age is like, okay, I am an adult now and I do make my own decisions, but like, you also are my parent. Like, it's so weird. It's like, no one tells you that like, 
it's like this this time and it's like I feel like all my friends like talk about it of like what like what what is happening it's just such a weird time in life but yeah for sure boundaries help make it easier (laughs) no one just if there are any youngsters listening (laughs) no one tells you that your relationship with your parents after college is weird and it's weird like it it's weird (laughs) i'm just yeah like nobody tells you that so be prepared yeah it's, it's not the same and it shouldn't be the same yeah i've had like so McKenna's mom has said before, like, parenting adults is way harder than parenting children. She was like, it's weird for us, too. Like, no one told us that when you become parents of adults that it changes and that it's weird. Like, so everyone's feeling the weirdness on all on all sides. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to move on to another question. Or did you have something to wrap it up? No, I was just going to ramble, so go for it. Okay, I was going to say, okay, so if there's someone out there right now that is struggling or, like, trying to figure out boundaries and, like, what boundaries to have and who to have them with, like, if someone that's in, like, the thick of it for, like, the very first time, like, what would you say, what advice would you give, like, what, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, I would tell them I'm so proud of you for even considering this because, like, that in itself is a big step, having the realization of, like, oh, something needs to change. That's big. Um, and I think I think the best answer I can give is just start working and building your emotional intelligence. Start mm-hmm. really getting to know how you think and what situations evoke what emotion in you. And ultimately emotions are just data like we don't have to do anything we don't have to act on every emotion in fact we should not act on every emotion and so in a very like nerdy scientific way (laughs) just start collecting data start start collecting data about yourself start realizing how you think and where your thoughts come from and from what situation and start with excuse me start with a positive emotion and then slowly work your way into something a little bit more uncomfy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. So my next question is the question that I ask everyone on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? What song is currently stuck in your head? Or is it a song that you've just been like listening to a lot lately? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I so I have an incredibly diverse music taste. I listen to all of <laughs> Can I look on my Spotify really quickly? Yeah, go for it. What I was currently listening to. I so like I always like literally always have a song stuck in my head. Like anytime you see me, you could literally ask and it will be a different song every time. And yeah. I, I forget that that isn't like a thing. Like people don't like <laughs> have a song playing in their head. So I like I had to be like, what song have you just, like, I had to start asking people, like, okay, what's just a song you listen to a lot lately? Because <laughs> some people are like, I don't have a song stuck in my head. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm always listening to music, and so I feel like my song fluctuates. And currently I'm listening to, well, while this loads, tell me what song is stuck in your head. Okay. So mine 
is um so russell dickerson came out with a new album southern symphony like uh he came out within december so it's fairly new but his song honey on that album i listened to it like four times today because it was stuck in my head as i was just walking around (laughs) so i was like oh i need to listen to this (laughs) love it What's the name of that artist that you just mentioned? Russell Dickerson. Okay, okay. I've definitely heard his stuff, but yeah, I'm not the best with artist names. I'll have to check that out. Honestly, same. Unless it's an artist that, like, I, like, really love. Like, I could tell you the lyric. Like, I could probably sing the whole song for you, and I would have no idea who sings it. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, I've been listening to this 21 Pilots album called Vessel. That one of my friends recommends to me. Side note, I'm in this like really cool music group where we just all throw music at each other and make each other listen to it. And it's super fun. That's um, so cool. And I've had the melody stuck in my head, but I didn't know what the name of the song was. All I knew that was the first one on the album, but it's called Ode to Sleep. Hmm. And it just, it just, it's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bop. Yeah. Love and, that. Yeah. That's kind of been going through my head throughout the day love that I, that's me too I'm always like I will like have just phrases of songs stuck in my head and I'll have to like just type in those like lyrics into like google to find out what the song actually is <laughs> Wait, you do that too okay thank god I'm not the only one like I feel like yeah. my google history it's all just obscure song lyrics and I'm like oh yeah boy. yeah okay so here's Here's the final call. The last note. I think I said that on, like, my first podcast. I was like, the last note. Whatever. But what, okay, out of everything we talked about today, is there anything else that, like, you just think that people need to know? Um, Whether it be about boundaries, whether it be about what you're currently learning or, you know, anything. It doesn't have to be specific to what we talked about. If you could leave us with one thing. I just really want to emphasize that you don't have to be some, like, psychology nerd or some, like, weird person or some sad person to start to implement boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. you and I are both people with happy, sunny dispositions, and we also have plenty of boundaries in our friendships. And mm-hmm. if anything, it's more functional. So, um, yeah, that's that's my last note. It's good. It's good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing. And I know that you have a lot more to share. And I definitely will be having you on again. <laughs> um, I, I'm just 